and uh, grab a Bible. There's Bibles all over the room on carts. Grab a note paper. This is a perfect note-taking lesson. You're going to want to keep this because we're talking about Christmas. And as we head toward Christmas, you're all probably thinking what I'm thinking. Now, and there's, there's nothing wrong with this, okay? I'm thinking about the gifts I'm going to get. I, and I don't think, it's not the only thing I think about, but I am thinking about it. I'm wondering. I'm curious. I've been asking my wife what she got me. She tells me nothing. She's like a Russian spy. She's telling me nothing. I know it's so, she's a tough nut to crack. Uh, but I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers it's going to be something rad. And, but here's the thing. There, and I, as I think through the gifts that I've received, like the literal the things, like, you know, that you exchange gifts with people, the stuff I've received, there's been times that gifts that I've gotten, ha- like you get them at first, and like at first they're just, they're not as exciting as you, you know, were expecting. Like you get a gift, and it's great to get a gift, and you open it, and you, you immediately know you got to do like the fake, like smile, like the, oh man, like thanks, like I totally always wanted this thing. And, and you immediately don't see the value in it. And But it's only over time that you see how valuable that gift is or how meaningful that gift is. You know, Here's a question I want you guys to think about just briefly. Uh, what is a gift? It's going to be up here on the screen in any moment now. What is a gift? Name a gift that doesn't feel like a gift at the time but then turns out awesome. A gift that it doesn't feel like a great gift at the time. It doesn't feel like a great gift at the time, but then it turns out awesome. Uh, I uh, was talking to a, a staff member. They were talking about when they were younger, they got the gift. This is a, what, a, this is what a gift to get. The gift of braces. Okay, the gift of braces. They needed braces, and it was the gift of braces. Now, it, and immediately you think, like, that doesn't sound like a great gift. You get braces. I don't know if anyone's ever had braces, but you got to, like, tighten them, and they're kinda, they kind of hurt, and you can't really eat a lot of, you know, food that you used to eat because they get stuck in them. You got to clean them. They smell weird sometimes. You get the rubber bands. Anyone ever do the rubber bands? You got, like, ten rubber bands on at a time. Like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, that's, it, sometimes it's really, really tough. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's tough. And uh, the gift of, uh, of, of braces. Sometimes doesn't seem like the best gift, but then years later, when you get the braces off and you have a smile, a winning smile. Uh, where's Kristen? Is Kristen in the room? She's just out. Where Kristen? Give everyone your smile. Look at that winning smile she has. And so at the time, the gift of braces doesn't seem great, but it turns out awesome. You know, I had a, a buddy uh, tell me that one time he got a plunger uh, as a gift from a friend. And, you know, you get a plunger as a gift, and you're like, this, like yeah, this is, a, this is a weird gift to get. Until you find you need a plunger, and then you're like, this is pretty. Imagine being in a situation where you need a plunger, you don't have one. We've all, guys, we've been to summer camp. We know what it's like, okay? So you guys know what the deal is. Uh, there are gifts like that, and we're going to talk about a gift just like that today. It's out of the Bible. If you have your Bibles with you, open it up to the book of Luke, chapter 1. One, and we're going to talk about a story, and this is a familiar story. If you, even if you've never been around church before, this is a familiar, familiar story. So you're going to see it. It's going to be up here on the screen, uh, Luke chapter one, starting with verse 26. Now I want to kind of set the stage here, okay? Right before this, the very beginning of chapter one, there's this uh, there's this guy named uh, Zechariah, a really cool guy. Uh, he uh, hears from his uh, his wife that they are going to have a baby, or I mean, he hears from an angel that him and his wife are going to have a baby, and when he hears this, he does not believe it. I'm paraphrasing this just to get through the little story. Uh, He tells the angel, you're crazy. Me and my wife, we're so old, there's no way we could have a kid. But in actuality, like the angel was telling the truth, that God was going to bless this older couple with a kid. And it it blew everyone's mind. It was a total shock, especially to this guy. They had no kids at the time, so it was their only kid. Uh, And that kid was John the Baptist. 
Baptist. He grew up, he, he was John the Baptist. Now, that woman, her name is Elizabeth. She's related to Mary, the one who gave birth to Jesus. So there's a little bit of a family relationship there that I don't want to miss. It's very important. This is what it says in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to the, a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So, I don't know who the most famous person you're related to is. Uh, I'm related to a guy in Buffalo, New York, where I'm from, who owns a very successful, wait for it, mustard company. So if you love putting mustard on things, uh, you would want to know me in Buffalo because I have tons of mustard in my house in Buffalo because I'm related to the guy who owns this mustard company. That's my big claim to fame in Buffalo. That's the most famous person I'm related to. I don't know the most famous person you're related to, but if you're related to King David the way uh, these guys are, that's a really big deal. Like, it's a huge deal. King David was this extremely memorable, famous king of Israel. He killed Goliath. You guys know about killing Goliath. He did so many amazing things. And he is, the, this guy is a descendant of him. He's part of that royal family bloodline. So this is a really big deal. This isn't a small thing. This is what it says moving forward. You're going to love this. Next verse. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, which we don't, greet each other like that anymore. We probably should start doing that. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. All right, so let me tell you a couple things right off the bat. If an angel ever shows up, if an angel ever showed up in my, like, bedroom, I would poop myself all over the walls. It would be everywhere. Like, that would freak me out. If an angel shows up, that would completely freak me out. I would lose my mind. And then, and not just showing up, then the angel starts talking to you, and they talk to you like they know you. Like, that would blow my mind. And, but this is so important. This is what the angel said to Mary. You have favor with God. You have found favor with God. Now, here's the thing. If an angel looks at you and says, man, you have found favor with God, that is a really big deal. That's an important thing. And it's not hard to find favor with God. There's probably a lot of people in this room who would be in the category of people who have found favor with God. And it's going to be, I want you to write this down. Uh, it's it, in your notes. If you have your notes, I want you to write this down. It's going to be on the next slide that they have there. Uh, check this out. Favor with God is always worth pursuing. Favor with God is always worth pursuing. Now, you can have favor with God. Favor with God is not some out there thing that you can never get. I believe I have favor with God. I believe my wife has favor with God. I believe a lot of students in this room have favor with God. And I wrote down, so if you're a note taker, you're going to love this. This is going to be like the best thing in the world, all right? If you are a note taker, I have examples. Oh, my gosh. My note takers in here are just like salivating. They're drooling all over their clothes. I have examples Bible examples, the references, you could look this up, it's in the Bible, of ways that people, God identifies ways that people gain favor, come into favor with God. People who love God and love God's commands. People who say, I believe to Jesus as their Savior. People who trust God is with them. So, you know, the people who, when they hit hard times, are like, they just freak out, like, oh, I'm so alone, like, this is the worst ever, like, I'm just so destroyed, and no one can understand, why did God do this to me? That's not the these people, these people are the people when they hit hard times, they know that God is with them. 
They believe in Jesus. They don't kind of believe in Jesus. They believe in Jesus. They believe that Jesus is the answer to the questions that we ask. Well, you know, who am I loved? Yeah, you're loved. Jesus loves you. Is there a way God can accept me even though I'm a sinner and I make mistakes? Absolutely. It's because of Jesus, because he died on the cross. Those people, the people who know these things, are people it's easy to find favor with God because these are the things that God looks at when he's handing out favor. So Mary was someone who found favor with God. So now we're talking about gifts, right? We're talking about the gift exchange. So we're talking about gifts. Don't forget this. We're talking about gifts today. So you imagine yourself in your bedroom. An angel shows up. There's poop all over the walls from you because you're freaked out, okay? So poop-covered room. The angel starts talking to you saying, hey, you have gained God's favor. God looks at you favorably. Now, if that ever happens to you, this is what I want you to think about. I want you to think about that something awesome is going to happen next. Because the angels don't show up every day. And if they did show up, I mean, the, even the times in the Bible, very rare they showed up. And when they showed up, big things were happening. So they were either showing up to destroy something and like completely obliterate a city, or they were showing up to give some great gift. So Mary is probably sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this is incredible. You know, my, my relative Elizabeth, that angel showed up and told her, you know, in her old age, her and her husband were going to have a baby. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm a virgin, I'm not married yet, so that's probably not going to be my thing, right? Like, whatever God has in store for me, whatever gifts he's about to give me, is probably going to be incredible. That's what Mary's thinking, because she has favor with God. See, Here's the thing, we're talking about gifts, we're talking about gift exchange. You know, not every gift feels like it's a great gift at first. You know, this is what Mary hears from the angel when the angel started talking. This is what he hears, or this is what she hears. It's on the, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. What? All right, we're going to skip down to verse 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. All right. This is tremendous news for me and you. For me and you, the people in here who say, man, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, like I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. Good thing Jesus came to, you know, in the manger and with the cows around. And, and then he died on the cross for my sins. Like what are all the things he taught throughout the, you know, J, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Like all the things he taught, all incredible things. And so you as a Christian are saying, like this is incredible news. Jesus is coming. This is how it's happening. This is great. This is the best gift ever for us. But for Mary who was about 13 at the time, very, very young, who was engaged to be married, who was a virgin, hearing that she is now going to be pregnant was scary, and it was shocking. See, here's the thing. I want you to write this down. It's on the next deal. Uh, not all gifts feel like gifts when they're given sometimes. Not all gifts feel like gifts when they're given. Mary probably wasn't sitting there immediately full of excitement. She was probably actually full of worry and concern. And you might think, Why, how could that be? Like, how could they? She, you're talking about Jesus. Like, we're not talking about, we're not talking about like one of these like guys in the Bible that no one can spell their name. Like, we're not talking about one of these guys in the Bible that you don't know where the book is. You can't find the book in the Bible because it's like it's lost in there. We're not talking about Amos or, or Obadiah. We're not talking about, you know, some of these guys, you don't know who these people are. We're talking about Jesus. Like, the walk on water, like died on the cross, heals people, Jesus. How could you not be pumped to be the mother of Jesus? That has to be so tight. But for this young girl, it didn't feel like a gift at all. So you have to think through her eyes for a second. 
you know, not all gifts feel like great gifts when they're given. You know, there's probably a couple reasons why, and I'm sure there's a long list of reasons, but I came up with a couple reasons why that I think we could relate to of why she probably wasn't over the moon excited, that she was probably concerned maybe this wasn't the best gift to get. Here's the first one. She probably was immediately concerned that no one would believe her. All right, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I come home. Maybe your parents have come home one time, and there is a broken window. And you know what the reason is, Gavin. You know what the reason is. Because you've been playing a soccer ball in the house because you think you're the, the, guy, the girl from Bend It Like Beckham, all right? The, little, the, little, the little, uh, little white girl from her, that movie, all right? That's not you, though, okay? You're a guy. And you're probably playing soccer in the house, and you, know, you screw up, and you know, no shock, and then you break a window. And imagine your parents coming home, whom I know your parents, by the way, and they say, Gavin, what happened, dude? The window, what happened? And you were like, you know what? I was here at home and was playing soccer with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, man, terrible aim. The guy has no aim. And he kicked, he, with his spirit foot, kicked the ball. And, and the ball just went and it hit the window. And the Holy Spirit obviously left because he can't, deal with, can't take responsibility for his actions. And, and left me kind of, and so it really was his fault, okay? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. Your parents will not believe that. Okay, your parents will not believe that story if that's what you tell them. If you're, if you're, you know, doing uh, doing school, you forgot to do your homework. Like, oh man, I, uh, I didn't do my homework. Teacher looks at you. He's like, why oh, didn't you do your homework? What what happened? What happened with the homework? Like, oh man, it's so crazy. I was wa- I was uh, got home from school yesterday. Jesus was there, man. Oh man, the holes in the hands, the whole thing. And we were just playing video games. And we were he, you know, he we he helped me turn, you know, some, some of my you know bottles of water into bottles of wine. I was flipping bottles of wine up on the roof of my house, like you know. It, it, and then I just lost track of time. And Jesus, man, I just spend time with Jesus. Your teacher's gonna look at you and call you a liar. They're not gonna believe you, okay? If you're 13 year old Mary, and you are now pregnant. And you start walking around and talking to your parents and talking to Joseph, this guy who you're about to marry soon. And they start looking at you like, hey, Virgin Mary, you're pregnant. Like, what's this story? And she looks at him and she's like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. An angel came down in my bedroom and, you know, poop all over the walls, freaked me out. And, and, and they, he told me that I was going to have a baby, that God's the father, and, so, and you know, and his name's going to be Jesus. She's probably afraid that they're going to look at her and not believe a word she's saying. See, that's a serious concern for Mary, that they're not going to believe her. Because if they don't believe her, they're not going to accept her. You know, which brings me to number two. You know, she's engaged. You know, to be engaged in that culture, so here's a little bit of Justin history lesson for you. To be engaged in that culture, to be wed, to, you know, you know be betrothed, whatever, engaged with someone else, you're about to marry them. It's a really big deal. It's a huge deal. There's a change of money that takes place between the families. Uh, back then, it wasn't just money. Sometimes it was cattle. It was land. So girls, like your fathers would, you know, negotiate for you. So Mary's parents negotiated for her and, you know, talked to the guy and the guy's family. Like, well, I'll let you marry my daughter, but it's going to cost you 10 pigs. Like, I don't know, a lot of you girls, beautiful girls, worth a lot more than 10 pigs, at least 15 pigs. And the, the, the no, seriously, I would pay 15 pigs for my wife. My wife's beautiful. She's amazing. So they negotiate this whole thing. So for, for her to be pregnant isn't a small thing. It actually is a huge deal because she's probably afraid no one's going to believe her. And for her to be pregnant and engaged brings shame on 
not only her and her family, it actually brings shame onto Joseph and his family. Like this actually gives grounds for Joseph to call off the wedding, which would be the worst thing ever for Mary. And she knows this. She would probably give birth to this child, have no husband, raise this child as a single mom, which my mom was a single mom. But she would not be able to marry again because she would be labeled like this, you know, mistake person. And the mistake people, they don't get married. People don't want to marry the mistake people back then. So there was some real concern that she was going to be alone forever. And then even more, there's even more, okay? Number three, no one will understand what she's going through. She's probably sitting there thinking, no one will be able to understand this. No one is going to be able to look at this like a gift. No one's going to be able to understand the pain that I'm going through. No one is going to be able to help me out through this whole circumstance. I mean, no one's going to be able to relate to an angel showed up and now I'm pregnant. And she felt alone and isolated. And I'm going to say, if you've ever felt alone or if you've ever felt isolated, you know how hard that is to feel alone, to feel like no one gets you and no one understands you, and that's where Mary was. Now, this is mind-blowing, okay? This is, you might look at all this and be like, well, she probably said, not me, I don't want this kid. Like, you know, clean the poop off the walls and like, you get out of here, angel, because I don't want any part of this. You might think that she would say, this isn't for me. This isn't the life I, I don't want to risk the marriage to Joseph. I don't want to live a life where I feel I'm alone and isolated because people can't relate. I don't want to deal with people calling me a liar and not trusting me. That's how I feel like I would respond. I feel like a lot of us would respond like that. Mary responds differently. This is what it says. Check this out. You're going to love this. Uh, What's more, your relative has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren and she conceived a son and now is in her sixth month. For the word of the Lord will never fail. This is how Mary responded to all of this. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said come true. You say I'm going to be pregnant with, with God's son, let that be true. Yeah, I know I have concerns. I know I'm stressed. I know I'm worried. I know this doesn't really feel like a gift right now, but I'm willing to go with it, and I'm willing to be obedient. I'm willing to demonstrate the things that got me the favor with God in the first place. Mary goes on to meet with Elizabeth. This is what it says in verse 30, uh, 39. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to to the town where Zechariah lived, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. This is so important. If you don't hear this, you've missed everything. Do not miss this. This is so good. Verse 41. At the sound of Mary's greetings. Okay, now listen. She is saying yes to the whole pregnancy thing. She's saying yes to the Jesus thing. She's probably still nervous. She's probably still, she immediately went to go see Elizabeth. She's probably still nervous, probably still concerned. All right, that's the spirit that she has. I, I don't know if anyone's ever gone into a situation feeling nervous or concerned. You know, I talk to students all the time that ask, like, where they're going into junior high, especially if they're new, they don't come to church that often, or they haven't been here in a while. Like, there, there's some nerves going in. Like, am I going to know anyone? Am I going to be sitting by myself? Is, there, is anyone going to sit next to me? Am I going to talk to see anyone I know there? Like, it's nervous. It's concern. Mary had, she was nervous. She had concern. And this is how she was greeted. This is how, you know, you know, Elizabeth responded to Mary. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 42, this is so good. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. 
Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Now, if you were ever nervous or concerned about something and you were greeted like that, you're blessed. What you're do- what's happening is a good thing. You, you, God keeps his promises and you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Like all that stress, all that concern, that would kind of peel away. You know, we're talking about gifts, right? To, you know, Mary, her big concern was not being, you know, no one understanding. You know, the, sometimes we find ourselves in that place where we feel like no one understands. We find ourselves in that place where we feel like no one can relate to us. And how great it would be just to have someone that could reach out and understand what we're going through and affirm and help us through it. You know, there's a story I heard uh, a long time ago. This is, a, this is a, gr- a great story. There's a man walking down the road, fell into a pit. It was like a big pit, fell into this pit, and he couldn't figure out his way out. All these tunnels and caverns couldn't figure out his way out. And so he's at the pit at the opening of the road, and he's yelling up for someone to hear him, and walking by comes a doctor. And he's yelling to the doctor, help, help, I need help to get out of this pit. And the doctor says, well, this is the, this is the best I can do to help you. And he writes him a prescription, and he drops it into the pit. And the guy gets in and looks at it, and he's like, this isn't going to help me at all. And he keeps screaming for help. Help, help, someone help. I need to get out of this pit. And comes walking by a pastor. And the pastor hears him, and he looks over the pit, and he sees him. And, and the guy's like, I need help. I need to get out of this pit. And the pastor says, I can pray for you. And he prays for him, and he, throw, and he throws a Bible down to him. And the guy gets the Bible and is like, well, you know, this is great. Like, this, this is wonderful, but I, I still I need to get out of this pit. And then he keeps yelling, help, help. And a friend of his comes walking by. And the friend of his comes walking by, and he hears his friend. He looks over, and he sees his friend down in the pit, and his friend yells up, help, help, I need help to get out of this pit. And his friend jumps in the pit with him. And he looks at his friend, and he says, why did you do that? Why did you jump in this pit? Now we're both down here. And the friend looks at him and says, yeah, I know. But I've been down here before, and I know my way out. Let's go. You know, how, how beautiful is it? That Mary had someone in her life like that who could identify with her in the struggle she was going through, you know, who could affirm her in what God was doing, that someone who could help her see the value and the joy of the gift that she was given, even when it didn't feel like a great gift to begin with. How beautiful is it that we could have someone in our life like Mary had someone in her life who could help us see the gifts that we're given and help us see the value in them. See, this is the big idea for today. I want you to write this down on your note papers and take this home with you. God's good gifts sometimes come in unexpected ways. God's good gifts sometimes come in unexpected ways, very unexpected for Mary. But see, I think there's really good gifts that God gives us that we don't see the value of at the beginning we only see the real value at the end. And, and sometimes God gives us these gifts of great value in unexpected ways, ways that we wouldn't even see, ways we miss all the time. You know, I'm, I love Christmas because I love family. I love getting together with family and doing the whole family thing. Uh, one of our students, her name is Ashley. She does ballet. She's incredible. She listens to, we podcast all of our lessons on iTunes, and she listens to it every single week because she's uh, living in Morocco right now uh, doing ballet, which is incredible. And her mom's going to pick her up and bring her home for Christmas because doing Christmas as a, as a family is a really big thing. I'm really excited for her. Now, I love doing Christmas as a family. Like, I would do anything to get my family together for Christmas. But I know for some people, when they get their families together for Christmas, it's not like it is in, like, the Christmas movies. 
It actually sometimes, for some families, turn out to be a big argument or a fight. or People are angry at each other. You get people together. Some people don't all always like each other. And so it's hard to see the gift of family sometimes when, when the time with our family sometimes is, is hectic and it doesn't go great. How good would it be if we had someone who's able to help us see how God's gift of family comes sometimes in unexpected ways, maybe ways that we wouldn't plan, but it comes in unexpected ways. You know, I have a friend, uh, he's a really good friend of mine, he lives in New York. Uh, when we were in school, and school was not great for me in junior high, I didn't have the, the time, best time of my life in junior high. And sometimes there were days where I just couldn't see the value of school, couldn't see the joy of being there and the, the gift that God had given me to be able to make friends and meet people and to share and be the example of Jesus to the people around me. And it was my friend who helped me see the gift that I had, the gift that God has given me to hang out with my friends and to be like Jesus to them and help them see that why I go to church on Sunday, that I'm not a different person on Sunday than I am on Monday. My friends helped me see that because I was missing the gift that God was giving me. Because sometimes God's good gifts come in unexpected ways. If you're looking at your life and you're saying, man, I'm kind of like Mary. Like, I don't feel like the things that I got going on are good things. I feel like things are just, you know, a mess. You might be caught missing the good gifts that God has given us. You know, if you're that person that's like, I don't know, I just don't feel like I see the gifts that God's given me in my life. I feel like I'm missing it. You need to come talk to me or talk to one of our great leaders because I want you to see, especially as we head toward Christmas, I want you to see the good gifts that God is giving you. I want you to see that sometimes they come in unexpected ways and something that doesn't feel like a great gift when you get it at first or when you're living it at first can turn out to be something incredible when we see what God has for it, like how God made it and why he gave it to us. God's good gifts sometimes come in very unexpected ways. So as we head toward Christmas, that's what I want you guys thinking about. I'm going to pray for you. Get ready next week. Listen, here's the deal. I'm going to give you guys a little tip. How am I doing? Doing great. I'm going to give you guys a little tip. Christmas time. Everybody goes to church on Christmas, okay? It doesn't, doesn't matter if you go to church, uh, you know, people in your neighborhood or at your school. It doesn't matter if they go to church regularly. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. People will go to church on Christmas simply because it's Christmas. That is cool. This is the best time to invite people. If you are always been, you know, oh, man, I'd love to invite this person or that person to come check out church, this is the time as we head toward the week before Christmas and Christmas Eve, this is the time to think about and pray for that person that you want to invite. Pray for God to give you an opportunity to invite that person. Because maybe that, in, that invitation to church, and I'm going to tell you, when I went to church for the very first time, I did not want to go. I had to dress up. I had to wear a tie. I hate wearing ties. I was miserable. I did not want to go. And that time that I went to church when I was young, that one time I went to church changed my life forever because I heard about Jesus for the very first time. You could have a friend who you might think they're not going to appreciate going to church. They're not going to want to go to church. You know what? I didn't want to go to church until I heard about Jesus because Jesus changes lives. So if you have a friend that you're thinking, man, I don't know if I should invite them, they might not thank you for the gift of church. You might feel like that's not a gift that they're going to thank you for. But you never know because God's good gifts sometimes come in unexpected ways. Your unexpected invitation to church could change someone's life. If it wasn't for my mom's friend that invited us to church, where I got to hear about Jesus for the very first time, my life might be completely different. I'm grateful that my mom's friend had the guts to invite us. I want you guys to have that kind of guts too. 
be praying for who you can invite because it could change their life forever. Let me pray for you guys, and then we're going to go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for my students. They are so wonderful. I love them. You created each and every one of them good. It is a blessing and a gift to me, Lord, to be able to be their pastor. Thank you. Thank you for the Christmas season we're in, and we are so excited for what's next. And God, so excited for what you're doing um, here in, in our church and here in our neighborhoods. And bless us and our families as we head toward Christmas. Thank you. You are a giver of good gifts, and we are grateful for it. We pray this in your name. Amen. See you guys later. Have fun. We Sign up for the talent show. The talent show is amazing. You should do it. We see you all later. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And a happy new year Oh, bring us a figgy pudding Oh, bring us a figgy pudding Oh, bring us a figgy pudding